Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, a lot to talk about today, a lot going on. But we're going to have to talk about it in only three segments because in our fourth quarter, we've got a special guest, Charles Wallace, also known as Caden's dad. He's going to be on the show and uh, he's going to be talking about an event we have coming up. The sneak peek into that is we're doing a tailgate event for the blue-white game with uh, a lot of 409 tailgate food, some new trail beer, some blue and white wine. Good time. We're also going to have some parents of football players there. Going to be a wonderful event. We are doing this in association with the We Are NIL Collective. So the good thing is profits from this event will go to the collective and then go on to the Penn State student-athletes. If you want any more information and to get your tickets, and we hope to see as many KSN listeners as possible there, go to thetailgateclub.com. All the information is there and also a chance to get your tickets. And you will also see, if you attend, a couple of the folks here from KSN. Great chance to talk football with the likes of my buddy Dusty over here. And... I mean, that right there should put some asses in seats if, if, if we're being honest about it. And uh, I, I actually, you know, we, we've done a few things like this o- over the years and uh, I enjoy it so much to kind of put faces with names and I'm sure have people who listen to our show do the same thing with us, but it really is a good time. Um, you know, whatever food you go want, whatever drink you can want, and you get a chance to kind of talk about uh, Penn State football, and uh, I, I enjoyed doing that so much, and hopefully we see some some people there who, who like what we do, and uh, I, I think can definitely like what the 409 Tailgate Club guys do, and all the different wine selections, and you know, we're you're talking to Charles Wallace later, we talked to him, he, he's the, this is the second time he's, he'll have been on our show, um, and you know, he was great the first time, and really, you know, the first time, not to go too in-depth with that, but um, he was he was on our show because he really pitched hard for James Franklin and the family feel and, and stuff like that about the Penn State program. Like he really put himself out there. So we talked to him about that. Good thing to talk to him about at the tailgate too, if he's going to be there. Yes, he's planning on being there. Hopefully, we'll have several other uh, player parents there. Again, more information and tickets you can get in advance, thetailgateclub.com. And uh, Dustin, it's probably good we're talking about an NIL event because we're going to be hitting on NIL uh, later in the show. Let's start, though, with, with football, with a new commitment, and it looks like we've got Tyler Warren part due um, with uh, Luke Reynolds. Interesting. I mean, there, there's a couple interesting things with this. So the first is, I mean, I call I would call them trends, I suppose. The first is having guys who have a unique athletic profile. In this case, having a, a kid, Luke Reynolds, who's a three-star prospect, who's moving to play full-time tight end for the first time. Um, that being a, a trend at Penn State is getting these guys with unique athletic skills 
playing the tight end position. And I don't know that you can really argue with what Tyler Warren has delivered so far. And I think definitely more opportunities are, are to come next season and beyond. Uh, so Luke Reynolds, really interesting guy, six, four, about two twenty right now. looks like he can definitely be two fifty by the time his freshman season would begin. Uh, you can see the way that he moves being unique. He moves like a smaller guy, um, caught five touchdowns last season and played some tight end. Now he's doing it full time. Uh, I, I, I like what he brings to the table. And I think there's a really good chance with him finding clarity with what his present and his future are to have a monster year at the tight end position and really blow up on the recruiting scene and have Penn state really among the schools to jump in early on that. The other trend, uh, as we see is from Connecticut is just that new England to Penn state pipeline. That's that's, you know, Pat Fryermuth was, was one of them and Pat Fryermuth was a name, you know, when, when he was recruited, but he wasn't anywhere close to being the name. Uh, and now I think with, with Luke Reynolds, he had uh, Andrew, uh, was it Andrew Rappier from um, New England as well uh, in the, in the 2023 class. So they're, they're really tapping into that portion of the country, which in a lot of cases, especially at this position where what you're looking for can kind of vary a little bit. Um, they, they're really going to places that are, are kind of untapped and, and they're getting the best guys out of there. And I think it's looking like a pretty good, uh, pretty good get again uh, so far in 24 with Luke Reynolds. And Dusty, I like these players who played quarterback in high school because in high school, you're often just going to get your best athlete, your best player, and you're going to put them at quarterback. He will touch the ball on every play. And that's the guy you want there. He has leadership skills. He's, again, the best athlete probably. So I like these guys who start out at quarterback and end up in another position. And as you pointed out, at 6'4", 220, with room to put some weight on, sounds like a good size for a tight end too. So, yeah. and when the when the ball is in his hands and in his highlight film, he does some really good things with it. He looks pretty natural as a receiver. It doesn't look like it's it's new to him. So it definitely looks like for for Cheshire Academy that he was their best athlete. And you, as an opponent, really wouldn't like to see the ball in his hands. And I think that that's going to be true again as he moves officially to tight end. The other part of this, uh, Dustin, is I've reached the point now where Penn State and tight end, I just trust them. Okay. Yeah. Forget three star, four star. Penn State wants him at tight end. He's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, and and it's funny how that how that has worked, you know. And I I know Luke Reynolds was very complimentary about the coaching staff and and the way that they've developed relationships and they develop prospects at tight end, and they have definitely done this because. You know, you have guys from different walks of life. You know, Brenton Strange was a good was a good prospect. It turned out to be a better player, I think. Pat Fryermuth was a really good prospect. It turned out to be a great player, and I think Theo Johnson is, is further evidence. And I think you know, obviously, before Pat Fryermuth, there were some good examples, including Mike Gesicki. So, yeah, absolutely, I think they they've kind of established a nice pipeline at that position, which is nice because they've had the coaching change there, and and they've they've had some you know, things that could have been some upheaval, uh, but that, that trend continues. And I think they've done a really nice job. Very good, Dusty. Okay. Now let's move on to our basketball portion of our show, which is becoming a regular item. 
at least that's good for Penn State, right? We're at least talking about basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for two weeks in a row, for the first quarter of our show to be related to basketball says something. Now, uh, you know, it's it's with the coach leaving and, and wondering about the future of it and things like that. But, you know, I think the fact remains that we are discussing it. And or is this three weeks in a row that we've talked about this? I think so. Three weeks. Because we've, remember, we've had they Jeff were Brown. going to the tournament. Yeah. We've had Jeff Brown on to to give his his company man pitch for Penn State basketball <laughs> before. But now we're talking about this. And it, it does kind of, this conversation we're about to have transcends basketball into more general athletics, into name image likeness, into what's going on and what's not going on on that front and, and things like that. So with Michael Shrewsbury leaving, there is a lot to unpack here. There really is, Dusty, and uh, there was a bit of a dust-up between a couple of uh, prominent Penn State names, more related to football their names, but they got into this. Don't worry, we'll get into that spitting contest here eventually. But let's go back to uh, Shrewsbury leaving. I don't think anyone was shocked by it when there was talk of Georgetown being available, Notre Dame being available. Just from the outside looking in, I thought, Notre Dame, yes. Georgetown, no. Notre Dame is in Indiana. That's home for Shrewsbury. And we could talk about all of the other things, but I really think more than anything else, that's what sent Shrewsbury to Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and it's hard. It's it's a heck of a tiebreaker, right? I, I'm sure a big part of him would like to come back and continue what he started, and kind of honor the program, you know, at Penn State that gave him this beginning. Uh, I, I'm sure he would like to do that. I'm sure relationships he had with players and stuff like that would 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 be nice to come back. But ultimately, he got a really good deal, seven years, I think, for, from Notre Dame. And it was hard to say no to that, even though it sounds like, you know, there's a lot of conflicting information. A lot of people think they have uh, good info on what Penn State was or wasn't doing to try to keep Shrewsbury. Um, but it looks like Penn State really did what they could to try to keep him on board. Uh, and that that pull back to Indiana was a little bit too strong. You know, I, I know that, you know, basketball culture and what Penn State doesn't have there and what they what atmosphere, you know, he might be able to create at Notre Dame. I know that's all part of it. But in the end, I mean, Notre Dame is a is a in a basketball state that Micah Shrewsbury has called home for a long time. It was going to take something pretty exemplary from from Penn State to try to try to win him over, and uh, ultimately they didn't do it. And so now it's kind of back to the drawing board. And you know I've seen a couple of different good reports that that might mean Penn State is in pretty good position to hire somebody good again. Uh, Nate Bauer from Blue White Illustrated really kind of laid out the the all the different factors that led to Shrewsbury's departure. So if you haven't had, read Nate Bauer's story on on Michael Shrewsbury leaving, Blue White Illustrated opened it up for non-subscribers, uh, f- thinking that it was kind of important to to know the background. And then uh, Dave Jones from Penn Live also kind of talked about what Penn State is ready to do financially for the next coach. And I think. Uh, those are two must-read things if you're any fan of Penn State to kind of prepare for what Penn State might be doing next. Dusty, and the last minute that we have left, and I know everybody, it's a shame that Micah Shrewsbury isn't back. He did this. But are you convinced after really one good year or one good month 
that he definitely was the guy? Was that enough evidence? I thought it was enough evidence because you're talking about, you know, a team that was, that was, I mean, really cobbled together, right? I mean, there are some talented guys here, but what he did, you know, for this one month, you know, that run uh, through big tens and through NCAAs, I mean, that, that was really, really impressive, but they were in that conversation for the NCAA tournament, a lot of the season, and they did it with, uh, with transfer type guys. I mean, they did it with, with players who, you know, in the end, it wasn't all that special a group. I feel like it was a really good group, but I felt like he got the most out of the team when it, when push came to shove, those guys battled, they went through some downs, they went through some ups, but I felt like the, the, his vision for Penn state basketball was a good one and that he could repeat what he was doing. Uh, It was enough to pay him and Penn state was ready to, they just couldn't match what Notre Dame had to offer. Very good, Dusty. We are going to continue this conversation about basketball in quarter number two. The question is, Where does the program go from here? Stay tuned for that. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, I just want to follow up on my last question about you know, Micah Shrewsbury was the one good year enough, you know, do a little bit of a run through the Big Ten Conference tournament and then the uh, NCAA tournament. And I know I brought this up last week, but I'm going to bring it up again. The last time Penn State basketball reacted with a new contract for a coach who did a good job, in fact, took the team to the Sweet 16, it didn't work out so well. Okay, they won seven games each year the next two years with that coach. Okay, and I I feel like in college sports, the other analogy I use is Mel Tucker at Michigan State had a great year in 21 
Uh, he was in demand to go elsewhere. Michigan State went crazy, threw a huge contract at him. I'm not sure after 22 that Michigan State fans feel that was necessarily a great investment. I'm just saying after a short track record, how sure are you going to be? And I think that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like Mel Tucker for now will be, and I still think he's a good coach. And I still think that Michigan State's going to come back from, from you know, be a down year. But you have on one hand a coach that doesn't have much of a track record who burst onto the scene, who had a great collection of players, a lot of transfer types. And Kenneth Walker, the third, uh, being sort of a Heisman hopeful at, at running back uh, for, for them. And then on the other hand, you had a coach who was who had just about worn out his welcome and kind of forced the school's hand by catching lightning in a bottle at NCAA time. You know, in both situations, I don't think uh, the statistics bode very well. You know, I think about um, uh, like Clay Helton at, at USC, who everybody knew was a bad fit, but did just enough to get a contract extension. And and you know, how often does that work out well, where a fireable coach? Uh, does something really, really good and makes it to the university, not only can't fire him, but has to extend him, that doesn't usually work out very well. Uh, and then you have a, a guy with no track record uh, do the same thing. And I guess, you know, Shrewsbury's got a similar thing going on to Mel Tucker. Uh, not, a, not a lengthy track record of success. Did it with a bunch of transfers. And, you know, can they catch lightning in a bottle again? Can they really build from the ground floor up? Uh, I think Shrewsbury... Uh, the things that ha he had going for him were that he was able to recruit to Penn State, and it was just the beginning. You know, he he was selling a vision, uh, and 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 more so than than a product, more so than something you know substantial and tangible. So now he would have gone into the future selling something tangible, and I think could have kept building you know even better and better. Uh, he won at Penn State. He, he played a brand of basketball and kind of proved himself on the X's and O's front and played an exciting brand of basketball. And those guys competed hard. And, and I think they, they got better from the beginning of the season to the end. You know, I think he did enough in one year to get that contract. But there's, you know, I think there's risk in every longer term project. There's also, you know, a specific kind of risk in a we did it for one year or as you pointed out in the previous quarter, you did it for one month and, and got paid accordingly. I, I know this, though. I think a lot of Penn State fans are going to be watching with great interest at Notre Dame and great interest with whoever uh, Penn State hires to replace Michael Shrewsbury. And they're going to be looking forward to the point where they can say that this worked out better for Penn State than, than uh, keeping Michael Shrewsbury would have. And and that's the hope, Dusty. And before we get to you know making that hire, let's talk about the position that Pat Kraft is in. It was funny. We had one of our questions uh, last week to ask Andy, and I was not aware of this. Our our listeners sent in a question saying a good number of the new president's executive staff have been let go. They've changed over. So how safe is Pat Kraft? Well, my feeling is Pat Kraft is very safe, okay? He's, he's yeah. not in trouble anywhere. However, with that said, is it not possible that this hire is going to be the biggest hire of Pat Kraft's tenure? I mean, certainly so far, but I, I think what you're saying is the the biggest hire of his tenure in general. 
And yeah, I mean, but if, if the biggest hire of your tenure is a coach for a program that a lot of people in the Penn State community feel more apathy for than pride uh, for, I think you're in a, a spoiled position as an athletic director. And I think you came in in a spoiled position as an athletic director to have um, a coach in James Franklin who is leading a program that is a, a giant moneymaker, has not really been threatened on that front, uh, has has competed at nearly the highest level of the sport on a pretty consistent basis, has done it with players who have stayed out of trouble and who, you know, they value academics, keep their nose clean. He's a great spokesperson for the university, does all the baby, baby kissing and handshaking and speeches, all that stuff, whatever you can want uh, your football coach to be, especially in through the lens of a university president, let's say. Uh, and and what your football coach is bringing to the table, you have a lot of margin for error. If you don't have to hire a football coach, uh, you are in a pretty good position as as an athletic director. And you know it's not like Penn State has this unbelievable basketball tradition to uphold. And if he doesn't make the right hire, they're gonna uh, you know they're gonna lose it. Um, hiring a basketball coach, I don't know if it's a make or break po- proposition for a Penn State athletic director. But I think Pat Kraft, you know, it, it is uh, wh- when you talk about um, a a good coach that everybody wanted to keep not being able to retain that coach going to another school and potentially like, let's say Notre Dame ends up in a final four or something in two years, you're going to have that comparison. It is a big hire, but I don't know if if Pat Kraft gets this wrong. Is it really a fireable offense in three or four years? I don't know. I don't know that it is. I don't think it's necessarily a fireable offense, but where's his, what will his reputation be based on? Is it, you know, because it does appear now that James Franklin is established. He's going to be around for a while. So what is the next highest profile position? It's the basketball coach. Yeah. And I believe also the fact, the circumstances, as you laid them out, Dusty, with Shrewsbury having some success this season and then choosing to move on, and it's not to Kentucky, it's not to Kansas, it's not to Duke, it's to Notre Dame, which I think a lot of people will look at perhaps as a lateral move, or it should be considered a lateral move. You are now, you are with Penn State in the Big Ten. You're getting all kinds of money with the Big Ten TV contract. There's no reason why Penn State shouldn't be competitive in basketball every year. So now, okay, Pat Kraft, this is it. This is your chance. It's an opportunity for him also. I don't think he'll be fired if the next basketball coach doesn't do a great job. But I also think, what's his reputation going to be if he doesn't get it right? Uh, yeah, there, there's there's nothing like he he needs a hire that that's that puts points on the scoreboard for him uh, as an uh, on, on a personal level, on a professional level for him as an individual. Um, the other interesting thing, and I know we're going to talk about this some more, is that what Michael Shrewsbury leaving, what it unearthed was a bit of dysfunction and what looks like Penn State not doing enough on the name image likeness front, uh, that ultimately is going to determine a lot more than what the basketball coach or does or doesn't do. Like Penn State needs to get innovative 
innovative and they need to move forward in a hurry on that front to be representative of, of what that school should be when it comes to what they can offer student athletes at other universities that, that want to be big time, what they're able to offer kids. And, you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that uh, James Franklin has been stumping for this on the football front for a long time. So I think there you can probably safely say that they were very far behind on the basketball front, still still behind on the football front. Ultimately, creating a an atmosphere where they're being competitive on the the name image like this opportunity front is what's going to be more important for Pat Kraft than what the basketball coach does or doesn't do. And with Micah Shrewsbury leaving, this shined a pretty bright light on that part of Penn State's operation and what they're not doing so far. Making fixes and moving forward in a hurry on that side of things is going to create the environment to help any basketball coach or football coach or whoever thrive going forward. So I think that part of Micah Shrewsbury leaving is more important than the basketball job itself. And let's, I promise we'll get more into that NIL uh, issue in segment three, but don't you think though, in getting this position in college basketball, as opposed to college football, you could have teams jump up and they it doesn't take as long to build a basketball program or a basketball team to be competitive. We're seeing right now in this tournament, you know, Florida Atlantic, okay, where they are, San Diego State, Kansas State went pretty far. It doesn't take much. And by the way, Kansas State, all the preseason picks were for them to finish last in the Big 12. And look how far they went. It doesn't take a lot. So, the opportunity to bring a coach in from one of those non-Power 5 schools that's been successful, should you not at Penn State be able to use your financial uh, ability to draw someone in? But then the question is, which one's the right guy? One successful season at a smaller school doesn't necessarily make them the right choice. And that's where I think the pressure's on Pat Kraft. And, and I, I think the vision part of it, you know, I think w- the achievement part of it, what's on a coach's resume is important, but having a coach who, um, who is able to enter this environment at Penn state and be able to help be part of the solution and help, you know, help the athletic director build what they need to build in order to, to um, make their athletic department better. Um, and I, and I do think when you're in, when you're talking about the transfer market, you better be pretty competitive in name image like this. You better be able to offer these, these veteran guys who are looking for one or two final seasons, at least something as good as what they'll find someplace else, because it's going to be hard to land impact transfers. And it's going to be hard to create that team you're describing that can make a deep run out of nowhere without being able to be competitive on the financial front. So I think that's important to everything, but the right coach can bring in talent and, and, and make a sudden turnaround. The flip side of that though, is that down now, now there are expectations that you can and you should make a quick turnaround no matter who you are. By the way, how big do you think Florida Atlantic's uh, NIL base is? Well, I mean, there, I think there's going to be exceptions to every rule on this one. All right, Dusty, we're going to continue this conversation in quarter number three. Stick around for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the blue-white game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery, all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. Dustin, we're doing a lot of NIL conversation. But the one thing I want to point out, and I've heard this from various Penn State fans in talking about NIL. They want to help out, but they know they're not the big money guys. Guess what? We're giving you the opportunity. You don't have to be a big money guy to help out with the NIL market. We are joining with the We Are NIL Collective, sponsoring a great blue-white game tailgate event. Lots of great food, lots of great stuff to drink, and you could be there. Have a great time and also contribute to the success of Penn State Athletics. Just go to thetailgateclub.com. You got information there. You could buy your tickets there. And guess what, Dusty? We're going to be there. So you get a chance to see us also. I hope to see a lot of you folks out there for it. It'll be a fun event. All right, Dustin, let's get back to it. We're talking about Shrewsbury and a replacement for him and Pat Kraft has to come up with the right person. And before we get into the issues of what's going on with NIL, the other thing to realize is how tough the 23, 24 season is going to be for any coach that comes in, comes in, you're losing Pickett, Lundy, Dredd, Winter, Funk, Hen. You're losing a couple guys hitting the transfer portal, not necessarily the big names, Johnson and Dorsey, but you also risk losing conceivably all three of the commitments to the yeah. recruiting class. You've already had, you know, one uh, decommitment, Kerry Booth. Uh, do you really think Micah Shrew- Shrewsbury's son is going to come to Penn State? <laughs> yeah. Or Shrewsbury's it's... son's. Buddy, who comes from Indiana, they're probably yeah, going to lose the entire class, right? 
Yeah, it's 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 a tough scene, and you have to, as a coach, you have to come in and and put out a whole bunch of different fires at the same time. And you know, you talk about let's let's forget about the recruits for just a second because that's going to be a, a, a tough fix no matter what. But you know, looking to try to build a team, not build a winner, but to build a team uh, for the 23-24 season is going to be an immediate challenge that that the new coach has to tackle. And um, I, I feel like Micah Shrewsbury was going to have to go through all this um, if he did come back for next season. But the advantage that Micah Shrewsbury was going to have was that he had a vision that was already that had already played out on the basketball court. You know, he, he had an offense that was fun. If you're a shooter, you can imagine yourself doing what Andrew Funk did this year. So I think you'd be able to recruit a couple shooters. I think you'd be able to uh, land a couple other impact transfers who can fill in the holes. And I don't know if Penn State was going to be an NCAA tournament team next year, no matter what happened. But I liked the, a ret- an incumbent coach's ability to sell what just happened this past season and be able to sell the success of transfers and be able to build around transfers. I like that a lot more than a new coach coming in to a new place, making his debut at that new place and having to sell veteran guys on coming there on a track record that was maybe built someplace else or isn't really, you know, it doesn't really exist yet. So I think bringing in a new coach, you know, in this scene is really tough. And, you know, for me personally, I would be surprised if Penn State had a lot of success in the transfer portal and was able to build, you know, a team that was respectable at the very least going that route, just because it's hard to do when you're in your first year, you've only been there for five minutes. You're trying to trying to get guys to come to someplace and and buy in for their last season or their last two seasons to buy into something new. It just seems like a tough sell. And then, you know, as, as a coach, you're, you're going to have to come in. You're probably going to need, existing connections to to get players on board uh in in the the next couple of recruiting classes too so you know this is really going to be uh you know it, it's a, it's kind of torn down to its stud so to speak this this coaching job i think micah shrewsbury would have been able to make a pretty seamless transition i just don't know if a new coach is going to have that luxury well dusty just to talk about bringing in guys who could hit the three-pointer I just want to point out, I still have eligibility left. And and you're just making that saying. shooting motion that is picture perfect right there. That lefty shooting motion. Whoever it is, Pat Kraft, come find him. Come find him. You want the you want the veteran to come in and, and be a leader and to have all the intangibles, you you pick up Jim Galante. It's it's simple. And, and by the way, I just want to point out I make up for my a lack of size with lack of speed, okay? That, so. That's true. That's true. And, and and look at this. Look at it this way. You're making a pitch right here, right now for NIL stuff. You could, you'd be the first athlete in history to be able to pay his own NIL check. That <laughs> issue is move. a non-issue with you. Let's move on, Dusty. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about some folks with the actual potential to become a Penn State coach. We're hearing different names are thrown around. One name being thrown around is Adam Fisher, current assistant coach. And the thought is, well, first of all, you've got the players who are leaving Penn State now, moving on, all advocating for him. Right. Which I'm not sure how much influence that should be. But 
there's also the possibility of there's continuity. Might he be able to keep some of the players around? Is that a path you go? Do you go the other path? And, you know, I mentioned Florida Atlantic here uh, previously in our conversation. You would think financially Penn State could do better than, than Florida Atlantic can for a coach. Um, and might he be looking to cash in on this one great season that he just got done having? Other than that, you're hearing, you know, names from coaches from Drake and College of Charleston and places like that, Dusty. What direction do you go? Well, I mean, these are good fits at this time because you're you're going to need some ingenuity and you're going to need some of that small school scrappiness to, to try to keep Penn State from falling off a cliff uh, ne- next season. So I think that makes sense. I mean, and you are looking for a coach who uh, has done really great things at the le- at the next level down and can take that and apply that to the to the next level. And you know, I I think the idea of paying and a coach who's made an NCAA tournament run like at Florida Atlantic is a is is should should certainly be in consideration. And there's obvious re- rewards to that. There, it, it's a hot name. There's obvious ri- risks to that. You know, where, where we're talking about Micah Shrewsbury getting this thing done over the course of one year and one month. Uh, could, could that be said about, you know, a, a coach from Florida Atlantic? Um, you are looking at, you know, like the, 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 the home name of Adam Fisher. I just don't know if players rallying for him. I don't know how much that means, especially when none of them are going to be back or m- most of them will not be back. Um, so I think there, there's something to be said about the continuity of that and the belief that Adam Fisher has the goods to make it as a coach. Uh, there's some temptation in that, but on the, on the flip side, it's like, you know, can we be the, the, the team that gives a, a new head coach's training wheels? Are we in position to, to take a guy who's not really ready for that gig yet on paper anyway, and give it to him? Um, so I, I, I think the, the idea of taking a coach from, and I, and I saw, I think on, on Sunday, Mike Rhodes from VCU was, was set to interview, uh, with Penn State. So that's another name there. That's the tier of coaches you're looking for. The idea of getting a proven commodity is not reality, I think in this situation, but, you know, as I mentioned before, Dave Jones from Penn Live said, at least Penn, Penn State appears to be in position to pay the next coach what they were willing to pay Michael Shrewsbury, which does bring some of these good coaches, these rising coaches into focus. It does. And again, if you've ever just pick your industry, whatever uh, job you have, if you've ever been in the process of hiring, yeah, it's great to see that resume. But when you interview, that's not always how you pick out the right guy. The resume should get you the interview, but then you've got to pick the right guy. Dustin, we're doing all this NIL talk, and I didn't want to let it pass by without at least a conversation. There was a, I'll call it a spitting contest between two prominent names in the Penn State football world, Michael Motti and Jay Paterno. My personal take is this is just symbolic of the dysfunction you sometimes get at Penn State, multiple NILs. You have people on the board who are advocating for specific NILs or they're part of them. It feels like a conflict of interest there to me. Is this just the nature of NIL and it's everywhere else? Is it Penn State? And what did you think of that little, again, I'll call it a spitting contest? 
I saw it unfold pretty much in real time. And, and here we have Jay Paterno talking about what success with honor that name image like this collective is doing and how it's met every, every request for Penn state basketball. And then you have Michael Malty, who was not willing to let that slide and basically saying that's according to you, you know, this, this is you. And he said, your cronies uh, uh, saying that this has been done. Um, and kind of criticizing Jay for, uh, you know, what he's saying that they're doing versus what they might actually be doing. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of Penn State people got a, a pretty good amount of satisfaction seeing one of the most beloved players of the uh, in Penn State history, I would say, Michael Mowdy, going after somebody who has been accused of being around because of nepotism and stuff like that. Um, I think what they could use is probably a little bit of a shakeup. And it does kind of signify um, you know, the, the challenge, I think you have, you know, the, the prime, the, the biggest collective, I guess, in, in around Penn state success with honor. And, you know, the, the idea of having to defer to those guys to, to make some of these things happen is an uncomfortable position. And I think there's just not a lot of belief in, in some circles here that Jay Paterno is the right visionary to try to usher this new bold future of college football, college athletics, um, in, in the play here. And Michael Mowdy just was, was, wasn't ready to let that go. And I think there was probably some truth uh, in what he was saying. And I, I don't think Jay Paterno ever responded, but um, just, uh, it does show the, the, the void there and, and where there's a disconnect between what Penn State is and isn't doing. And I think if you're going to have a contest for the heart of Penn State fans, and on one side you have Michael Mowdy and one the other side you have Jay Paterno, it's a bit of a mismatch, you know, if you're going after yeah. the heart of the fan. And I think that's what Jay is up against, okay, in that scenario. So it, it'll be interesting going forward. But, Dusty, that's going to be it for quarter number three. Please stay tuned. We've got the special guest on, uh, Charles Wallace. He's the father of Caden Wallace. He was a great guest last time. He's going to be a great guest again. He's going to talk a bit about our uh, uh, tailgate event we're going to have at the Blue-White game. Please stick around for that. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the Blue-White Game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. 
We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante with our very special guest, Charles Wallace, also known as Caden Wallace's dad. Charles, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Great, great. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. There's a a special reason why we have you on today. I've been talking a little bit about a tailgate event coming up for the Blue-White game. You are going to be part of it. Tell me about your involvement and tell us about the tailgate. Well, indeed, uh, we're excited. Uh, uh, we were invited by the We Are uh, NIL Collective, uh, which has done a tremendous job in supporting our student athletes. Uh, they were also a part of uh, our tailgate that we did at the Rose Bowl for the parents, and the parents are just greatly appreciative uh, of, of that consideration. And so for the Blue White game, uh, we will be uh, attending a tailgate and partnering uh, with the We Are NIL Collective and uh, look forward to seeing everyone and having good conversation. And hopefully we will have a beautiful, beautiful spring day in Happy Valley. Well, that sure does make the spring game a lot better when we have that nice uh, sunny weather. But uh, I know people were probably more likely that they want to talk to you than to talk to me, but we will also have our Keystone Sports guys will be there. So it's a chance for everybody to talk some football. Uh, Also, there's going to be great food from a couple of our sponsors that people have heard of are going to be there. 409 Tailgate Club providing a lot of the food. We're going to have beer from New Trail Brewing and even some award-winning wine from the Freeze Farm Winery. So you're going to be well taken care of. And also what's nice is the tailgate is going to be at the Revel XP lot. And I'm not sure if our listeners have seen this or heard of the place, but it's a great lot. It's adjacent to the soccer field, very close to the field. It sure makes uh, tailgating nice also when you're that close to the stadium, Charles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're just really appreciative of the partners, uh, 409 and uh, everyone that's that's coming on board to just make this a great event and give give people opportunity to uh, uh, disengage uh, parents. It will be a great time. And you alluded to it, though, but most importantly, part of this is the proceeds are going to benefit the uh, the Penn State student athletes through the We Are NIL Collective. Could you talk a little bit about that? You have a son who's a student athlete. I'm sure you get to interact with some of the other players. Just how important has NIL become for the athletic programs to stay competitive anymore, Charles? Well, well, NIL have certainly changed the landscape of college football. Uh, when we were in the recruiting process, NIL was n- nowhere near uh, the conversation. And now NIL uh, opportunities lead the conversations. Uh, and, and we have to have a fine balance, uh, or I should say colleges have to have a fine balance of uh, keeping the main thing the main thing, which is that the student athlete will receive a great education, uh, but on the, at the same time that they will have enough resources to be able to uh, live, matriculate, and uh, contribute comfortably uh, as a student athlete. So NILs have definitely helped uh, families who 
who resources may be low because they have three kids in college at the same time uh, or, you know, some coming out of a socioeconomic background uh, that just doesn't afford it itself to a, a young man to, or athlete to be able to afford a car or even clothes at times. Uh, and, and more importantly, food. I notice <laughs> most NIL money goes toward food um, uh, in our house. So, uh, but but it is very important. NIL is vital, and and certainly alumni and fan participation uh, is needed and greatly appreciated. I suspect when your son's an offensive lineman, the food budget <laughs> takes up a lot of the family budget. Uh, yeah. well it's interesting too i think a lot of us as fans we see some of these national stories with the nil contracts where it's the quarterback star quarterback who's making millions of dollars through nil but there's 84 other guys who are on scholarship who aren't making that high-end nil contract so it, it's also important for them, right, Charles? Just as you alluded to, it's food money, it's gas money, it's, it's running around money, being like the typical college student, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And it just, you know, the, the, guy, the time that the guys uh, put in and, or the athletes put in, uh, it just doesn't afford them opportunity to work part-time jobs. And, you know, sometimes hardcore fans are like, oh, they're getting the free education and, and, you know, room and board. But there are other ancillary items that, that, are, that are needed for, for these young people to live. Uh, and, and I'm not saying live a life of luxury, but at least uh, the bare necessities. Um, and so that's why NIL is so, so important to, to uh, assist and help our student athletes. And that's the part of it you got to remember as fans, what you're doing. Here's a great event where you get to meet Charles and some of the other parents. Some of us at Keystone Sports will be there. You'll get to talk football. You get some great food. And most importantly, the proceeds are going to go to the great cause, which is the Penn State student athletes. You want them to perform at the highest level. For folks, if you want to get your ticket to attend the tailgate event, go to the tailgateclub.com that's the tailgateclub.com and it'll allow you to buy your tickets online there charles i'd be remiss that i have you on got to ask you a few questions about the team and caden in particular i know caden he finished the season uh he was injured how is he doing now is he a full go for the spring Great. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, he was injured in the Minnesota game and uh, uh, that it took about six weeks to come back. And we were all fortunate that he was able to come back and play uh, in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he's healed and uh, had a good spring uh, winter workout session. And uh, so far, so good having a, 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 a good uh, camp. But he's he's healing um and 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 we're looking for him to be full capacity uh by the time we get get to uh, uh summer well fall camp in in uh in august and charles we as fans are have talked about the offensive line for years and how it's going it finally it feels like it's on the upswing that there's quality there there's quantity there's depth also is that kind of vibe that kind of feeling permeating 
Caden and his teammates also that it's different now going into this season? Well, yeah. I mean, their goal is to win. Nobody wants to want. Nobody wants to be. Uh, nobody wants to lose, but nobody wants to also be the 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 brunt of every conversation of of why the team was losing. And last year, uh, that seemed to have been the common thread throughout media and fans that it was the offensive line. And so they sort of took that personally, and and rightfully so. And so they 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 don't care. They just grind. They their goal is to uh, to be the best they possibly can be um, that will contribute to the team's success. Uh, I'm very proud of them. They did a great job last year, particularly with the multitude of injuries uh, that we had as as a unit. And you know, we brought on some great young men uh, coming in for uh, this upcoming season. Uh, and so there's a there's a lot of excitement and uh, optimism to have. Um, and, you know, we, we want to keep a steady balance. Uh, but, you know, I know there's some very, very ambitious goals that uh, seem to be very achievable uh, not for the offensive line, but as well as the team, because, you know, as, as, as the line go, the team go. And so uh, we're hoping the absolute best for them. Uh, there's no doubt the whole offense, they're part of the running game. They're part of the passing game. They're part of keeping the quarterback healthy, all of that. I'd like to ask you, I'm sure you've had some personal um, interaction with Coach Troutwine. The players seem to really respect him and respond to him. What is your reaction to Coach Troutwine and your experience in chatting with him? Great. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, very balanced. Uh, uh, very, very balanced. Uh, he, he understood uh, the mission. Uh, he understood the assignment and he knew what he had to build. And so he's done a great job in working with the with the with the offensive linemen and teaching and, and, and setting expectations of, um, of, of of what's expected. And uh, he has a record of success. And so um, I, it's, it's good to see that that he definitely imparts that into to our young linemen. And now Caden, he's one of the veterans now. He's been around. And as you alluded to, there's several very promising young linemen on their way. How does Caden interact with the youngsters? Is this a case where he realizes, hey, I've been around a while, I know the ropes, takes the youngsters under the wing and pretty much be a mentor because he is one of the veterans? Yeah, I, I did think that's really the culture that's been established by Coach Franklin and Coach Troutwine is uh, uh, family, each one reach one, uh, teach them, you know, you only know what you know. And uh, when you when you get into on the campus, stars do not matter anymore. Uh you start over. There's a lot to learn being a college athlete, P5 athlete, um, particularly, you know, in Big Ten. And and so there's a lot of discipline that has to be uh, enforced. There's just a lot they have to learn and learn quickly. And it takes time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Caden and Sal and uh, Langdon, some of the other, the older guys, Olu, you know, those guys are even young, uh, you know, have definitely taken on the role of, of uh, imparting into the to the success of the young people, because as we saw this season, if one person get hurt, you, 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 in the past, that, that would be de- very, very detrimental. Uh, now we, 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 we feel there's some depth at the offensive line and, um, and so far so good, but yes, they definitely uh, take the young guys and, and, and help them along the way. Very quickly in the last half minute we have, what are your expectations going into this 2023 season for this team? That's a very unfair question to ask a parent, <laughs> you know, 
because uh, not only a parent, but but for what I do as far as counseling people, uh, it's balance. It's balance. Uh, we have the makings to to be not only a Big Ten champion, but we we have uh, potential to be a playoff team and national champions. We we have that potential. We we can do it. Um, but I think as fans and parents, it's always good to be balanced. Uh, and and really temper our uh, <laughs> our expectations, um, just because these are eighteen and twenty two year olds who y- you just never know, you know. And coaches to put their livelihood on it, and 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 fans, everybody wants to have a winning season. Uh, I, I'm very optimistic. I think the guys will it will be a great season. Uh, they will give their best. They have something to prove, and it should be exciting for all. And we look forward to everybody coming out and continue to support them. Well, we try to be balanced and realistic, but the fact is we also want to be optimistic, Charles. All right. Hey, thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us. I look forward to seeing you at the Blue-White Game tailgate party, and I hope all of you will choose to join us. Again, it's go to thetailgateclub.com, and you can purchase your tickets there. We'll see you then. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We Are NIL Collective helps Penn State compete in the new world of collegiate athletics, and you can help us. Hi, this is Michael Krenzman, founding member of We Are NIL, and I'm inviting you to join the football parents and the folks from Keystone Sportsnet at a tailgate party for the Blue-White Game. Enjoy great food from 409 Tailgate Club and beer from Neutral Brewery all from the exclusive Revel XP lot near the stadium. This is your chance to also talk football with the guys from Keystone Sports and meet some players' families. So get your tickets at thetailgateclub.com. Thanks very much. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. 